All right, rolling. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're going to do, dear listener, if you are listening. This is very free form. We're making podcast jazz right now. That's what I've coined this as. I like that. Um, the genre is podcast jazz. That sounds this like a is euphemism. going to be, yeah, right. This is going to be syncable. So with that being said, set up smile, however you want to watch it. However, if you've got a Blu-ray, if you're watching on streaming right now, we're sitting here and we have smile set at, and the counter reads 0.00. We're going to do a countdown. And when the countdown ends, we'll go five through one. When I say one, press play and we're just going to see what happens. So, brace yourself. Five, four, three, two, one. Play. Well, this is thrilling. I was very excited for the five, four, three, two, one. Then we hit it and then I felt like really deflated immediately. I think yeah. we should have it like in the background. Not, not actually. I don't actually think we should do that. Get, get copyright flagged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we would definitely get copyright flagged. Um, Just have the audio for a whole movie <laughs> in an episode. Yeah, but not actually speak. <laughs> That'd be really easy to edit for me. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. So guys, smile. How many times have you seen it? This will be my third time. I saw it once in theaters, once last week. And now. Wow. Really? Yeah. Daniel, how many times are you? I think it's four for me. Um, once in theaters, twice at home. And then, yeah, and now. Yeah, this is four. This will be four times. Okay. Well, I saw it once in theaters and I walked out after about an hour. And then I tried to watch it again at home and I switched it off after about an hour. So I've not finished this movie. So this will be the first time that I will be finishing the full version of Smile. What prompted you to walk out the um, first time? It wasn't to do with the movie, truthfully. Um, first time I saw it in the theater, I was in the theater by myself, which is always fun. Um, but it was late at night and I was tired and I just wasn't focused. And I was like, I'm not really, I'm not really paying attention to what's going on. I kept like losing focus. And because I was in the theater by myself too, obviously what did I do? My cell phone came out. Yeah. And I was checking things and I'm like, this is really bad. And I obviously I would never do that when there's yeah. people in the theater, but I take advantage of being in a massive theater by it's like myself. like being at home. Yeah, totally. And I found myself being like, I would be at home, um, but also being like, but even more lax about it. So then I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave and I'll watch it. And then when I rewatched it at home, similar thing, it was really late at night. And I think I just kind of like lost focus and I was like, okay, I'm going to switch it off. Now, what does that say about how I think about, like how I feel about Smile? I don't know. I've enjoyed what I've seen both times so far. Have you made, did you make it about as far both times? It, about as far both yeah. times. It, ultimately, I think I end, if you've seen Smile, which you probably have, if you're going to be listening to this, I make it up to the point where she heads for the cabin that she grew up in or the or, original house. So are we doing spoilers all the way? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, should we for you? I mean, 
How do we? Oh, don't worry about you, me. Okay. Spoil away. <laughs> okay. I mean, you, you, if you got to that point, you're a pretty good bit of the way through it, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like he said, the last 20 minutes. It's like the last act, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which it's, I think is showdown. probably the best part that kind of ties it all together, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the openings, the opening's really strong. I think the opening's really strong. I think it's the middle, I think, that where it starts to sag a yeah. little bit. What do you yeah. all know about the director, Parker Finn? Nothing. I don't either. I don't know if he's, I haven't seen any of his other works, or maybe this might be his first film, to be honest. I didn't really look it up. Not really my my kind of thing, but I'm just curious if y'all had any information. Daniel, didn't you say this is based on a short that he did? Yeah, it's based on a short. Um, I only know this because I read like the Wikipedia article one time. But um, yeah, I think it was based on a short. And then I know it was originally they were going to dump this straight to like Paramount Plus. But I guess the test screenings for this went really well. So they decided to do um, an actual release, theatrical release, and it made a pretty good amount of money, I think. No, like yeah. 200 mil. And it's yeah. one of the highest grossing movies of the year based around how much it costs to make. I, wow. I saw the trailer for this movie about 15 times from all the movies we've seen. And I kept thinking to myself, this movie is going to be shit. I'm not going to see it. It looks awful. It looks like another cash grab jump scare. But I was pleasantly surprised. That's exactly why I wanted to see it. When After seeing the trailer that many times. I like that one bit of the trailer. Um where it's like, it's from the movie, like later in the movie when her sister's walking out to the car and mm-hmm. then there's like the, the like jump scare, like neck snap thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw it in the trailer, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I have to see this movie. I kind of um, wish they didn't show that though because that was a pretty creepy scene. It was still like, yeah, it was still effective, I think. But um, yeah, I, this movie, um, God damn, I lost my train of thought. I love this <laughs> section, by the way. The, um, the overhead camera angle tracking yeah. and then spinning, which reminds me a little bit of um, some of the camera operation in um, the remake of Candyman. Yes. Has, mm-hmm. has some pretty cool tracking shots like that. I, th- I actually really, really like this beginning section. I love some of the shots in this film. Yeah. Visually, I think it, this, all the stuff that's in this hospital, mm-hmm. I think is really visually interesting. Mm-hmm. I do differ by the time we start to get to the woods there. I feel like it starts to feel more like a generic horror movie the more and more it goes on. But at the beginning, I it, agree. It feels a little bit more interesting. Even with like the title card coming up, the way the 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 choice of music and mm-hmm. the, that kind of reminded me like Enter the Void. Oh yeah. 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 Daniel, did you remember what you were gonna say? No. No. Okay. Um I, I'll chime in about the music though. I really I think the score that's one thing I noticed the first time I saw this in theaters is this the score is like really weird and yep. like um not I don't it's just very creepy and uh, not like atonal but like kind of like mm-hmm. they're just weird there's just noises happening at times um and I I don't know I really liked that the first time through how like just it stood out to me how unique it was um and how it's not just I don't know not like just typical horror music kind of like yeah. accenting a scene it's like it's like adding to the, like the unease cuz I think a lot of my one of my favorite things about this movie is like yeah like it relies on jump scares i know that's a big point of contention for horror people mm-hmm. um like some people love them some people don't but i think th- what i like about this movie is how long it takes to like like how patient it is with those and and kind of like faking you out with like uh and playing with your expectations of when a jump scare is going to happen and i think that makes these this movie's yeah. jump scares like way more effective yeah, I, I just think this movie is like really patient with how like 
it's not in a rush to creep you out or scare you. And I think that helps a lot. Um, I think it's very intentional with its jump scares. Mm -hmm. And there's not an over-reliance on them. Mm -hmm. I do know, that's one thing I do know about the director. I've seen like a quote where they were like, or it was like a pull quote for like an interview with them where it was just like Parker Finn like loves jump scares and they don't give a fuck if you don't like. (laughs) (laughs) I love that being unapologetic. Yeah, there's a couple of good ones. I really like um, in horror movies too, you know, there's that, and I think everybody's aware of this because I've he isn't the first person. It's a he, isn't it, Parker, the director? I'm not sure, I'm honestly. Okay, yeah, make sure you look that up for me. Um, but anyway, um, you know that thing in horror movies where you open a refrigerator, somebody opens a refrigerator door and they're looking in and you're like, when the, as soon as the door is closed, there's going to be somebody. But directors are aware of that trope. So what they do is they build, use that as a buildup and then you close it and there's nothing there. Then they like do the switcheroo. This movie literally does that. Yeah. But I enjoy it every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like okay. all of the jump scares, I could, I could telegraph them, but I enjoyed them. Yeah. The name of the short that this is based off of is Laura Hasn't Slept. Oh, cool. And Parker Finn. Better title. Uh, looks to be a man. Okay. I want to ask you this at this point, because I think this is one of the most interesting themes of the movie. So right now she's sitting down and this is basically where the movie really starts. Mm-hmm. She's sitting down interviewing this young lady who's came in because she witnessed her college professor kill himself in front of her. And then this is the setup. And this is basically the seed of how this, this transference of this curse or what have it, whatever it is, begins and starts coming from now. But what I wanted to talk about, what I thought was the most interesting part of the movie is the, and I think you'd be a good person to talk to this about, Chris, is this setup of people dealing with people with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already, we've already so, so I spoke to the other gentleman who was very unwell and having like, an, I guess, like some kind of an episode. Yes. And what I think is really cool is the switch that this movie does, where she is somebody who's paid to listen to people, knowing that these people are having episodes, but what's happening to these people feels really real to them as it does. Like people who go through this are like, I'm freaking out. I'm seeing things like I'm seeing things as a doctor. She knows that they're not, but they are at the same time because whatever it's happening to them is real enough that it's scaring them. Yeah. And I love the twist that the movie does when it basically suggesting, but what happens when you're the person that's having this and nobody else believes you, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I wrote some notes about this and it, the whole movie plays with this idea of, is it a supernatural curse or is it more about mental health? Mental illness is contagious or more like even just like how people that are struggling and, and go through these things that are feel very real to them, delusions, whatever it may be, hallucinations. It doesn't mean it's not real to other people. They don't understand it. And it can be so invalidating. I think when, when someone's like, oh no, it's in your head. Like you're not, it's not true. Whether or not it's not real in reality, it is real to that person and it is affecting them. Oh, yeah. And this movie does a great job of taking the, the protagonist, forgot what her name is, um, and basically she has all of this knowledge and this information. She's a clinician and an expert in that way. And none of that matters when it comes to actually dealing with her own struggles and this, this, um, this mysterious smile curse, whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I think, think it's, it's fascinating. I think it's a really cool angle. For a I think so movie. too. That's why I liked, a, I loved a lot about that. Arguably, because the scariest thing in the movie isn't the curse; it's that people go through similar things in, with mental. That's the real yes. scary thing. 
is that this, this hospital every day. is full of people like this. I, th- I think a lot of the horror in this movie is from her like not being able to get anyone to listen to her about like what she's dealing with and like how isolated and like how isolating that is uh, for her. That's Susie Bacon. That is Kevin Bacon's daughter. Her? Yeah. Huh. Did you not know that? Yeah. Isn't that cool? So I'm going to bring up a little information about her as we go. Um, It's the resemblance now. Her first role was playing a 10-year-old Emily in the movie Loverboy, which sounds familiar, which was written and directed by her father, Kevin Bacon. Nepotism. Yeah. So that's where we're at with her. (laughs) I'm not, I mean, she's actually, I think she's great. I think she's really good in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. This part right here is terrifying. This part really got to me because of the way, whatever this is, there's no emotion reaction as like the character slitting her own throat. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this plays out with a few of the deaths that we see is like, yeah, yeah how unflinching. Yeah. It, and it, the special effects are really good at this. Yeah, section really. Too. It's pretty unsettling. Yeah. Just the eye contact. Okay, so let's have a look at the cast. What's the score right here is really good. Too. Yeah. So it's Saucy Bacon, not Susie Bacon. Apologies. Saucy. And her, um, her character's, character's name is Rose Cotter. Rose. Rose, yes. So she's witnessed this, which would be such a traumatic experience to witness something like that. Yeah, and so like right here, it's is she being cursed by this or is she just being so impacted by the trauma of this experience that that is what's now affecting her character and kind of taking over? I mean, I think that's the metaphor, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, title, I love that. And I love the color of the font and mm-hmm. the font. I actually, I'm kind of obsessed with the, the um, title card sequence. I don't know why, but that like, it's like a blood orange kind of color. Yeah. It's really cool. I think this did a really good job of capturing like early 2000s horror. That feel like something like the shot where like it zooms in on the phone before she answers it. Yeah, great, great. Set up going in, yeah, and then this, this is very Gaspar No, yeah, yeah. strobe, yeah, man. Speaking of which, though, the opening credits for Enter the Void are incredible. So much so that Kanye ripped it for one of his music videos. Oh, he did. Yeah, you remember the, the there's a Kanye music video that's a straight rip off of the beginning of Enter the Void. No, I did not know that. Do you remember watching that movie in your condo in Franklin? With like with nine like, people. Yeah, nine people in your tiny living room. Yes. Everyone being traumatized by the recurring like car crash. Yep. It was an, ex- we had it so loud. It was an, an experience. I need to rewatch that movie. I don't know if I will, but I need I to rewatch I don't know if I movie. could. Yeah. It's I, I really long. don't know if I could watch that again. So they keep using head case, basket case, crazy. Yeah. And like this yeah. reoccurring terminology for people that are suffering. I, I like that they do that because that's just shows like some people just don't fucking get it mm-hmm. if they've not experienced it themselves. Well, yeah, I mean, 
there's such a stigma around mental health. Mm-hmm. Being, Especially, you mean within like law enforcement, which I think it's oh yeah. important to note that like I, I there's like two other people in this that like say like stuff like basket case or something, and it's it's yeah. almost always like police or um some like government like official in this movie. I I just noticed that like on the second time through, like because I think one of the criticisms of this movie is that it, it, it it's like the way it handles um mental health. It, some people don't think like it, it, it uh, kind of treats it a little lightly sometimes, but I don't think like, I think the movie is making, makes it obvious that anyone who thinks that way is kind of like an ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think while it's using it, and it as its themes, I also, I, I like how it's not super beholden on being preachy about anything too. Yeah. That's a really cool shot. Um, but I think that, it's such a tricky thing because plus in today, I mean, honestly in 2022, like you can never be too, like it doesn't matter what you do. If you make a movie that has a theme, mm-hmm. you're either not going to go hard enough for some people or you're going to go too soft for other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's too much for some people. And they're like, I don't want politics in my movies mm-hmm. or another crowd's going to be woke. like, oh yeah, it's either too woke or it's not woke enough. Yeah. You know? It, I, yeah. You're never going to keep everybody happy. No, um, I think it, well, it feels like it's becoming more and more of an issue. Uh, where like are like um, I'm going to sound like an ass when I say this, but like like me, just people's like media literacy and like understanding that like just because some a movie depicts something that's like kind of heinous or like something you don't agree with doesn't mean the movie is endorsing that oh, action. Yeah, and that's like huge. that that's like so many people these days just seem to like they don't seem to understand that. Like, oh yeah, the, yeah, just depiction is not endorsement. I don't. Well, I was thinking about this the other day. Could you imagine if they released American History X right now? Like you couldn't put that movie yeah, we out. Could, Kanye could star in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually remaking it. You yeah, know? yeah he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's playing the Edward Norton role. But what I think's kind of, but you know what I mean? In terms of that, that, that movie treads a very fine line between glamorization and depiction. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't, I don't personally think it's too glamorous. Like, uh, it's tricky. That's that's a difficult movie, I think, all around. But that's exactly what you're you're right. That people have got to the point where it's like they're un, unable to separate anything, like objectively. Like you either have to be like, if it because everything right now is sports, everything is sides. So everything. So like you will use something for your advantage in term in, like on either way that you look at something. There's no nuance in conversation around anything, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think they like feed into each other. Because yeah, I've seen, what's funny is I've seen so many movies these past, this past, specifically this past year. And I'll watch like, if I'm feel down, I'll watch a comedy or, you know, like I'll watch like something really silly. Like mm-hmm. there's something about Mario or whatever, you know? Um, I, I watched that movie, The Ringer with Johnny Depp, you know, where he pretends to be the Special movie. Olympics. Yeah, right. Tell <laughs> me about it, right? Too. But- in even just a lot of just regular uh, comedies from that period, it is wild watching them in 2022 because you're like, I don't understand. Like you would get put in prison for making that right now. <laughs> is that a good thing though? You know what I mean? Because yes, whilst they are pretty un- insensitive, yeah. but I also feel like we've got to the point where like, they would probably publicly execute you for making that movie right now. <laughs> and I, I don't know if the overreaction is a good thing either is what I'm saying. Yeah. Know, people do love Johnny Knoxville. I think they might let him get away with it. Yeah. I mean, um, it's pretty wild. That really and at least it does. I don't know. I, I don't want to get like too far into this, but at least the movie does 
feature like actors that are actually like oh yeah totally um, like dealing with what the like the what the movie is about i don't know i feel like dealing with their poor choice of language too (laughs) yeah (laughs) you see what i mean no it's a minefield it's all everything's a minefield yeah um and it's like and doing the podcast i i i'm very conscious of the fact that sometimes i might want to say something and i'm i'm very conscious of being like this could fully flame somebody who's listening to this and i and i don't want to I don't want to like outrage somebody who starts leaving negative comments on the podcast and being like, this is too woke. Or you guys are, or, or you guys are like total I mean, Nazis. You know what I mean? Let's be ourselves. And if we get checked and get corrected, just be willing to be open to hearing that and, and learning, being educated. Yeah. It, like, cause none of us would want to offend anybody. The only person I want to offend is Eric and he's on the podcast anyway. So <laughs> I don't really care about anything else. Anytime you ask him to go to a Marvel movie, you're offending him. pretty much I mean it's the greatest offense you could make right now man I just you know I would not go out to dinner the day after no the patient killed themselves in front of me no you wouldn't Um, like that is wild and also I really like the sister and how she's in a different movie where she's this overly like it's almost like she's in a rom-com or she's in you um, could split this scene in half right now yeah, right. totally. Movies like sadness and just like completely aloof. And I love the husband. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I love that little. It's like God, it, the way he leans in to like kind of look at his wine as he's swirling it. And then when the <laughs> so food funny. comes and he's like, "I've been looking forward to this so much," <laughs> he starts digging in. Um, yeah, and I love how the sister's like, "Oh, you know, I, I'm trying to keep my Pilates body, and I've got kids, and it's just really, I don't know, it's funny." Also, the food looks pretty good. Can we talk about how bad of an actor um, do you want to get a train is? Do you want to get there already? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think we can because he's, I mean, oh boy, he's really phoning it in. He's really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the best part he, he has is when he screams Rose, but he's just, oh, yeah. like he's just imitating yeah. uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character from get out. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that scene? Yes. Rose, give me the keys. Where are the keys? <laughs> He's, um, okay, so let me ask this because I haven't seen The Boys. I saw the first season of The Boys. Okay, yeah. and I, so I know who A-Train is and I know like the setup spoilers for The Boys, but like I thought his character was pretty interesting. I thought his character and his skill set was interesting. I don't really care for the performance too much in that either. Is he good in that? Not really. I've only seen the first season. Uh, his, character, his character's fun. cool. Yeah, he's not. Like- um, he acts pretty much the same. I just don't know if he... He has like one speed, doesn't he? He's, he's like... Yeah, like just conveying certain emotions. I think he struggles with. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's, I, I don't think he's good at all. Like, I think he's probably the weakest part of this movie. He's not probably is the weakest part of this movie. Yeah. I just feel like he could be, he's such a piece of shit. His character is, mm-hmm. and he could really have fun with that, but mm-hmm. he doesn't. Is that a writing um, thing though, rather than a performance thing? I no. Cause I think, yeah, well, I don't know. No, like that, that, <laughs> that scene where like later on where he's just, is like confronting her about, um, is it, what is it? Oh, he like looks into her past and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, he yeah. has that line where it's like mental illness is like genetic, isn't it? Like, I feel like I laughed at that in the theater because of how he delivered it and it should be like a much more like, yeah, intense scene between the two of them. Mm-hmm. 
it's also a really shitty thing to say to your <laughs> partner. Yeah. You know what I love here too? Pink, blue, pink, blue. When it's flipping between. Oh um, yeah. And I love the color scheme in the hospital in general. Um, I think I'm super into like liminal spaces mm-hmm. or the notion of that. And that's why I love anything that's set in, in a hospital because they have that. Because hospitals are weird places to be in. But I love the flipping of the color scheme here. I wonder if that also just represents like her, her mental state and her mood. Her versus everyone else. Yeah. And like the warmth of the pink. Yeah. And then like she's in a very green. cold and starting to creep into a dark place. It's yeah, it's pretty good. But then it's flipped here too though. So I don't know. Yeah. I could be reading too much into it. Probably am, but. I think visually though, I like it. I yeah. dig it. Yeah. Contrast wise, it's very nice. And I like this guy too. I like, uh, so this character at this point He's her ex, the yes. policeman, correct? Yeah. Um, and I actually like the actor. I, I'm not familiar with him from anything. I mean, I probably he, have seen him in things, he, but I don't know. Yeah. I could name another thing that he's in. Um, he looks a bit like the character Lip from Shameless, who's in that TV show. Jeremy Allen White? Yes. He looks a little bit like him. I can kind of see that. Yeah. I think the, the goatee is like throwing me off. Either way, though, she needs to get back together with this guy. Like, what is she, what's she doing with A-Train? <laughs> Who has, like, zero personality. Why would you go back to work? Mm. Uh, do you think it's because she was more equipped to deal with what she saw because she's seen a lot of stuff in that line of work? I think well, she thinks that, probably. Yeah. I mean, she thinks that, yeah. And that's occupational hazard you have to move through it you have to be there for your clients it's not just the one that she lost mental health can be a very thankless job and uh, people that work in hospitals and community mental health centers usually have a large caseload and they're just kind of put through a meat grinder Mm -hmm. and your own personal shit has to go to the side but I at some point it becomes irresponsible and, and negligent to go back to work after exp- having that kind of experience because you can't fully be there for the people you work for work mm-hmm. with. You know, it's funny when you say that too, it makes me think of um, teachers yes, and, and how teachers are kind of taken for granted and mm-hmm. overworked and overstressed yeah. without any kind of like system in place to, to keep, I mean, but then health workers, so during the pandemic too, uh, nurses, doctors, uh, hospital staff. But you know what's really interesting about that? So pub- a public servant position, as mm-hmm. we call, I think call it in England. Why don't we think the same way about police? Because they're a public servant too. And like police see a lot of stressful shit, but like- We should. I know. And we honestly should. I think it's very easy to be like, oh, fuck the police, you know? Yeah. If, I mean, that's, I'm not saying that's my personal, personal point. But I just think it's funny how we're sensitive to the needs of people who do these kind of jobs. Even firemen, for example, you know, but when Mm -hmm. it comes to police, it's like, I don't really trust the cops, (laughs) you know, but they, they see a lot of crazy shit too, you know? Yeah. And I think maybe just the fact that there's been a lot of harm caused by the system of of policing that I think Mm -hmm. that outweighs the positives. But I also think some of the harm could have been prevented given there was more, uh, you know, 
mental health services and and more resources for people in that position. Yeah, like a system in place to to yeah. they can check checks in. and balances yeah. that actually check and balance things. I think this actor is really good too. Poor Carl. Is his character's name Carl? Yeah. Carl, yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy about this is the poor bugger is getting <laughs> probably what's the thorazepine or whatever kind of crazy ass drug they're probably getting yeah. them. They're basically going to put him in an, in an induced coma and he didn't do anything. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Poor guy. Rule. Yeah, Carl Rankin. It's good to see Cal Penn in something again. Yeah. Yeah, I really like him in this. He's not in it much, but... Um... You know why I like him too? Because he's aged appropriately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He looks like a guy who's just, he's not like ripped or buff or like he's, he's <laughs> just like a tall, it looks like the natural progression of somebody who just like hangs very out normal guy. Stoned, yeah, like very chill. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he looks like shit. I don't mean that in a bad <laughs> way. But. <laughs> he probably just ate too much White Castle. <laughs> And yeah, that's what I mean about like the aesthetic of this orbiting part of the, like the first act of the movie Mm -hmm. is I love how drab everybody's clothes is, how the color palette is the way it is, how sterile the environments look, which is kind of how hospitals look, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not overdressing. Question to you guys though. Yeah. And I thought about this, they're filming this exterior, all of the exterior shots of a hospital. Is this an abandoned building that they've basically... In terms of, is it, do you think this was a closed hospital and they're just using the exterior and getting extras to make it look like a working hospital? That's not a real working hospital, is it? I don't know. I, I didn't think about that. Do they? Because it's a real place. That's not a set. That's a real building. Yeah. yeah. Like an on-location thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How does that work? Do they shoot in like actual hospitals? Do they film? I highly doubt it. It'd probably be very difficult. Not only because you'd be in the way of people's shit. It's like a mm-hmm. privacy thing. Love this shot. Yeah. That's like from Candyman too. The flip yeah. upside down mm-hmm. of the skyline. Um, but yeah, I keep thinking about it every time I see, cause it you know, reminds me of, so, you know, in the dark night when the Joker comes out and he's in the hospital and he mm-hmm. blows the hospital up, mm-hmm. that was a real abandoned hospital that they blew up. Yes. Cause it yep. was scheduled for demolition anyway. So when I'm looking at that, like, is that one that's just scheduled for demolition? <laughs> like a part of a mall and they've kind of repurposed it to make it look like a exterior. I don't know why I'm fascinated with it. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a good thing to look up for sure. Cause I'm curious. Speaking of Nolan, since you brought that up, did you hear about like what he did for, for Oppenheimer? No, Where I they, saw the like, trailer. They though. like recreated like a nuclear explosion and filmed it for real. <laughs> yeah. Like out in the desert. Does that surprise you? No, of no. course not. <laughs> I mean, you just said he detonated a hospital yeah, and then like- Insane. He also, I didn't, I found, just found this out yesterday, but uh, the the cornfield in uh, Interstellar mm-hmm. is just like land that he bought and planted a bunch of corn on so he could like shoot that scene. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> we got method acting we have method directing. Yeah, like method stage dressing. Yeah. It's crazy like the links that guy will go to to avoid using- uh, CGI. I respect that though, but also on the flip too, he's also smart knowing that that's an attraction. Like yeah, if he did definitely build a replica bomb to set it off, people are going to want to see it now because they want to see what he did. Yeah. So it's kind of clever. I mean, honestly, I had no interest in seeing that movie, but now you just said that. Yeah, right. I'm going to go see yeah, it. Yeah, that's just insane. to witness that explosion. In IMAX. Yeah, yeah. yeah for real. 
Apparently, the new trailer is a lot better. I did, I was late to my showing of Avatar, so uh, I didn't catch we it. We watched it. It's good. Um, yeah, it's got me a little interested. Are yeah. there any other cool trailers? Um, the Bobby one didn't show before our showing, mm-hmm. but I know it's uh, showing. I've seen that one already. Um, uh, I feel like everybody was dropping the big the big guns because I know everybody's going to see Avatar. There was another one. I forgot what what, what it was. There was another big one. It was like on not Creed, right? Uh, Creed no. three trailers been out. They've been doing. Oh that. oh oh. Uh, no, I don't remember. But Chris told me something funny about Creed at the movie theater when we were watching Avatar. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. He just didn't ask Sylvester Stallone to be involved in it. Oh. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan directed the third one. And for anyone that's that's seen the first two Creeds, Sylvester Stallone's character, you know, Rocky, he plays kind of like a big part and very it's like, like a Mickey, mentor. Mickey and Rocky. So yeah. he's basically Mickey to Creed. Well, I've never seen Rocky, but oh, I made, that makes sense. So good. I need to. Yeah. Um. And I guess Michael B. Jordan just didn't ask him back and it's because he wanted to go a different direction. And Sly was like, yeah, I'm never going to watch Creed 3. <laughs> they just didn't ask me back. <laughs> I mean, I get it. His character's not dead or anything. I just... Yeah, but I think it would be nice to be like, listen, we don't need you. We'd probably be like, okay, that's cool. Like, the yeah, story doesn't I get it. He probably wants that. to let this character start to speak for himself instead of but it sounds hanging like on the just, coattails of Rocky. They like just made it and like, you know, just like, just don't tell him about it. But like, you know, yeah. I think, if that's true, that's hilarious. Like being invited to, not being invited to a party that all your friends went to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Suck. Uh, this section. So basically, uh, if you are still watching or even <laughs> if you're still listening at this point, God, I don't blame you, but <laughs> nobody said we were good at this. This is the first time we did it. This section here, I think is pretty effective. I'm still invested right now in what's going on in terms of how things are developing. Yeah. The, the jump scare stuff's really good with the phone ringing and she gets, it's like a dream sequence phone call. It's like not a real phone call. Cause doesn't the person on the operator start laughing at it? Yes. And then yeah. Or she's, yeah. She starts being weird. Yeah. Also very tropey too, horror movies playing around with the, the home alone, like mm-hmm. the um, yeah. home security locking system. Now I think at this point in 2022 is being played to death. A little bit. Going back from even like the first screen movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to watch that new one. Five, I think. Oh, there's a, there's a scream six. Yeah. Yeah. First one without Nev Campbell. Oh, really? They wouldn't pay. I thought they settled that and then brought her back. No, I don't oh, know. She, no. Yeah. I think she was like, you got to pay me. And they were like, no. I mean, that's fair. Doesn't look very good. That was very effectively done too. You know, it's, uh, I'm behind you. Look around. Oh, the mm-hmm. behind you look mm-hmm. around. I love how slowly she does do it. And, and, you know, like, and you can see her trembling mm-hmm. and the camera just doesn't move from the back of her head. Very effective. I think good use of like building tension. She does a really good job of playing a woman that is losing it and just descending into not knowing what is real and what is not to her. Without like overplaying it? Yeah. yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's very subtle and I think it does a really good job of just showing someone who doesn't sleep well and who's just really going through the ringer. I really like the way this movie like frames her in these spaces too. Like, mm-hmm. I think that like, contributes a lot to like that plus her performance like to just getting across like this like hole that she's falling down. Yeah. Again, we're getting the blues and pinks, blues and reds, use the flipping back between cherries and berries. Something I wrote <laughs> that I wanted to kind of, um, I like this plays with trauma in the way that I think trauma can come t- sometimes form a life of its own, like an entity, if you will. Mm-hmm. 
and unresolved trauma can kill the body and remove a person from living the life of being in. So it can either be a curse or it can just be a traumatic experience. And, and it's not her first, like she, you know, she lost her mother when she was young and watched as her mother OD'd and closed the door instead of getting her mother help. Yeah, for sure. And, and see, saw her mother, I'm guessing, deteriorate mentally. Yeah, so all too. that's mm-hmm. coming up. One thing I didn't care for too much about that opening section, it was literally the opening scene of the movie, Yeah, is I'm, I'm very conscious of the, this person's crazy, let's make the dishes everywhere and let's put some empty beer cans <laughs> and some, because if they're smoking that. and drinking, then they're obviously mentally crazy. And like, Hollywood does that a lot. Yeah. You know, when they try to say like, oh, he's a deadbeat dad and you'll see him drinking a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, he's a deadbeat because he's having a beer at home. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe I'm trying to protect myself here, but yeah. <laughs> I always think it's funny how they, uh, you know, another movie, I, I don't know if you guys have seen Jewel, um, but Jewel does the same thing where the, the, the set dressing to show this person's mental health and the worse they get, the messier their house gets, which is true. But there's mm-hmm. plenty of people who have messy houses who aren't crazy. And there's plenty of people yeah. that have very pristine, are, clean houses. That's another way, yeah. Who, and I'm not going to use the word crazy, but who are- Apologies for the use of- No, you're crazy. fine. <laughs> who, who are um, not in the best mindset. Yeah, 100%. Not I just think well. it's funny. I think it's funny because like, yeah, like sometimes I'll have a beer in bed or I'll have a beer in the shower. You know what I mean? And I'll wake up in the morning and there might be two empty cans of beer next to my bed. <laughs> I mean, we're drinking beer right now. Exactly. But I'm not a deadbeat. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I, and that's my only issue with the beginning part, you know, because- she, It's tropey. It is pretty, yeah. yeah. It's but it's also, I guess, they're trying to convey as much information as they can in like a really short period of time. There we go. This yeah. is the scene I was talking about. Yeah. Mirrored from the, the beginning. And when we get to it too, we do like the camera use here and the spinning camera. We do have to talk about the comical state of the house at the end of the movie too. It's pretty funny. Did we already miss the part where he, yeah, I think he, God, the taxi sends her while she's at work. The next oh day, yeah. Or it's just like, Hey, hope today's better. Smiley face. <laughs> hope today's better than hey, when- the patient. Slitting their throat in front of you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. You, remember, you remember just like 48 hours ago when that woman slit her own face off in front of you? The, the most Smile dismissive character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you get like, I know it's just a short movie, but I just don't even see them together. Like, it just seems like there's no chemistry. There's no nothing. They're very like, yeah. I don't know. It's really random. Yeah, I don't get the sense that either of them really particularly want to be with each other. The house doesn't even look lived in. It no. doesn't even look like they live here. It's like an Airbnb that they're staying at. <laughs> what does she do? Oh, she's listening to the audio of the, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the first incident. And it, I think there's a really good jump scare like coming up in a second. It's this is the best one in the, the movie. hell out of me in the theater. Yeah, this is the best jump scare. And it's coming up any second. I knew it was coming. I was like, wait, what's Yeah, you know this whole time that like something's coming. And that's, that's, I think this movie just does that so well. And like, I thought that the first time seeing it is like, I I was so like tensed up by the time the jump scare would happen. um, Yeah. It would just like, it would be like this release kind of. All of this that they're doing right now is so clever. 
her pulling in towards a thing, focusing, focusing, mm-hmm. focusing. Breadcrumbs. Yeah, it's oh, there you go. Yeah, you see, like, we're not even sound on it. It's still going to happen. It's so effective. And you know what the funniest and the coolest thing about it is, is where in a, in a, in an agreement with a director, we know what they, they want us to, to experience. Mm-hmm. We know that they're making us build up to it and we're willing to go along with it. And they know that we know that that's what they're doing. <laughs> yes. And I think that's really cool. And yeah, that's great. Okay. Here we go. There, there we go. Goes. Get out. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. I, uh, I don't like this therapist character at all. Is this ther- yeah, was, therapist well, character here to be like therapists need therapists too? Well, therapists do need therapists too, for sure. But like, but is that the short? Uh, she's just like your cookie cutter standard therapist, and also, mm-hmm. um, and a brownstone. Yeah, and making house calls and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's a bit inappropriate. Oh yeah, that part later. Oh, later, later on, yeah. when she does admit too. Yeah. But yeah. um. But she just, she goes, how does, how did that make you feel? That's like the most stereotypical statement that a, you think a therapist would say. You're right. That does sound, yeah. even I think that sounds yeah. a little stereotypical. This is, this movie is like, this is what people think therapy is. <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> because this woman just seems so uncaring and just so cold. The last time I saw a therapist, um, and I'm comfortable talking about this on here, I went to her office and her office was in like an industrial, it's in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything else. Other people look it up, but it's in an industrial complex where people just have little office spaces that they rent. And I went in and then I went in and it was tiny and I went in and she had a waiting area. Then I went in and sat down and I just felt like I was in somebody's front room. It was like kind of sitting like here. Yeah. She had it set up just like she would like, it was like a grandmother's living room. Was that comfortable? It was super comfortable. And there was couch, but there was like blankets and it was like weird toys everywhere. And it looked like somebody had been living there. And it was about as polar opposite to this as you could possibly <laughs> get. Like really warm and inviting. Yeah, not yeah. like cold and sterile and like expensive looking. Yeah. Like this place is. But I think too, that also ties into people's apprehension about therapy mm-hmm. is the notion that these are very successful, wealthy, like overly intelligent people who are somehow shocking you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like, it, it's a, it's a grift. There's a lot of different flavors of therapy and as mm-hmm. the practicing therapist myself, like I'm younger and then you can, I've met older therapists who are very much a specific mindset of what therapy is supposed to look like and be like yeah. and how you're supposed to be. Yeah, and it's very much tighten up your tie and have a very professional demeanor, and mm-hmm. and you have to remember that these are real people. <laughs> I have to remember that these are real people. Yeah, like I wouldn't with. feel comfortable in her position. I wouldn't either. Um, I'd be worried. I'd be like, I'd be like, my shoe's gonna mess up your like ten million dollar mm-hmm. bespoke <laughs> floor. <laughs> she does. She's giving like very like therapist to the stars vibe. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Even her like look of concern. God, I just say it's giving. She wow. looks familiar to me, the actress too. Yeah, I can't. I've definitely seen her in something, but. She looks like the girl from My Girl, the movie with Macaulay Culkin. Anna Chomsky. Oh yeah, a little bit. She looks like a grown-up version of her. I'm going to Google that. What if it is her? It's it's not unless she it's aged. Not. I'm never good at that. You know when people are really good at that and like spotting who people are. 
I'm not good at it. So every time I do it, it's wrong. <laughs> you know what we need? We need. I'm pretty all right. This is it? completely off topic. We need a crossover universe like the MCU, but for horror movies like Lights Out and Smile because they're both based off of shorts. <laughs> yeah. What if this is the same universe as Lights Out? What's Lights, Lights Out? Out? Oh, it's fun as hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You ever see that 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 video on YouTube where, I think it was YouTube, it was a short where like you turn the lights off and then back on you see like a shadowy figure and then they turn the lights off or on and then the shadowy figure is gone, but it, you keep doing that and it gets closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. You, whole movie made after. I'm actually really excited for you to see that movie now because I think you'll really like it. And talk about good use of jump scares. That movie's got some really in like ingenuous, like ungenious um, jump scares based around that. Oh, I like that. Just switching right the light on and off. It's great. Her trying to smile through it all. Yeah, trying to be normal. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this scene. This is a good I love scene. her outfit here <laughs> too. By the way, I think she looks really cool. But again, pinks and blues. She's wearing all blue and her sister's wearing mainly pink. Mm-hmm. If you notice. Yeah, he's wearing a pink sweater. <laughs> the husband's hilarious. <laughs> uh, this part is funny. Speak, can you, uh, Chris, can you speak to whether this is like a thing that happens? Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> I've, I've gotten to the point where I stopped telling random people at parties and, and in public places that I, I'm a therapist. I, I think that's probably I'm a good move. Yeah. Because yeah. many times be like, oh yeah, let me tell you about this time that this happened, this yeah. happened, this happened. And I'm like, hey, I get it. And I'm listening to you and they're like, oh, can you be my therapist? No, I can't. I'm sorry. It's not how that works. Well, it's like if you were a doctor mm-hmm. and then somebody's like, oh, can you have a look at this mole on my back? <laughs> you know? Like pull down your pants. Hey, can you tell me what this is, doc? <laughs> they'd be like, yeah, it's a testicle. <laughs> I, I get it. I get why it happens, but it's um, just to avoid any kind of issues. I That's smart. So I can live my life. You know what's a, you know, it's such an American thing mm. for me. Anyway, it was moving here that how people tell you what they do for a living. I felt, I, felt, it, I noticed oh, that. Really? When I, yeah. It's such an American thing. Now I I can't speak for how I've lived here a long time, but it was really jarring for me when I came across here and people were like, oh, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, it's not your fucking business what I do for a living. I don't even know you. Why why were we even talking about it? But like it that's very much like you meet people and people are like, oh, what line of work are you in? Where'd you work? Like it's my least favorite thing to be asked. It's like, horrible. I just like don't I don't know. I get why it happens though, I think. Like this is what I get from it, is that like here in America we work ourselves to death and I mean, like, people in Japan are probably back to different. True, 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 true. Yeah. <laughs> true. Okay, well, there is the idea. Thank you, Scott. There's the idea of your productivity and what you create is where you get your worth from. And so we can all relate. I think I it's think. more of a status thing. Status, I mean, thing? status is where you okay. get your from. I was thinking everybody has to work. work so that's like the one thing you can relate to someone on is like, what do you do for work? I think, But I think that's because of status. I don't think that's it to do with um, effort. Oh, I never thought about that. That's interesting. Um, and that's, and, and that's why I feel it's very invasive thing to ask, because I think also it puts a, it puts a requirement on this next transaction because it's like, well, if I say that I do something that you don't deem as worthy, then yeah. where do I stand from now on becoming, mm. getting to know you? Like it, it's a prerequisite. It, it, they're not doing it intentionally, but it puts you in a position where you automatically feel like you might not be good enough or you might not be worthy enough in this, con- like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a very rude thing to ask, I think. <laughs> I get that. I mean, it just, uh, it definitely looks at like splits people into classes. Mm-hmm. I lie a bunch when people ask me shit like that. Like <laughs> I'll just make shit up. 
like different jobs that I have just to keep things interesting. I say, what do you do for work? Because uh, we all, most people have to work for a living, but I want to know more about like, what does a person do for fun as well? That's a good way to, to lead it off. What do you do for fun? Yeah. Just like, that's it. That I, I much prefer that. Or if they tell me what they do for a living, I'll say, do you enjoy it? Oh, that's the therapist in you. I guess so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, no, dude, I can't send him fucking a giant. Like, job sucks. And then I'll be like, all right, well, what do you, what do you enjoy? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Oh, God, there we go. <laughs> I have to be very mindful not to do that. <laughs> um, also, I love the smiley face yeah, yeah. pain chart, which I think is really good. I, cause I've, we've, I've seen those before. Yeah, I saw yeah. when I got my, my, uh, my MCL at, they yeah. had the smile. And I thought about that. I love that. So if you are listening to this purely in its audio form, you're going to be aware of the fact that we probably will have a little bit more silence in between sometimes when we speak, cause we're actually just watching along. Um, in which case apologies, but there's nothing else I can do about it. Cause if I was to shorten the gaps and like edit it, we'd be completely out of sync. So <laughs> deal with the silence. But we won't keep the silence for too long. Yeah. And sometimes it's good to just sit in silence and yeah, you know, a lot can be said in silence. <laughs> how, how would the two of you deal with your significant other seemingly having in murdered your pet cat in the situation, having murdered your cat, <sighs> man, and then put it in a box and giving it to their nephew at a birthday party. I would be extremely concerned. <laughs> I would like to think I would be more expressive facially than he is. <laughs> yeah. The circumstance. He is like, he looks like he doesn't give a shit. The Hayden Christensen of, of this era. He looks like he's very annoyed to be de dealing with this at all. Yeah. Right. He's just like, why can't you just be not this? Like that's a significant event. Yes. The murder and presentation of your beloved pet as a gift at a child's birthday party, <laughs> that is like next level, like freak out kind of a situation. Yes. And he's just like, mm, I don't really understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah, his only response to it is like, wasn't your mom, didn't your mom have <laughs> mental health issues? Yeah. Yeah, not, it's yeah, not, no, it's he, not good. he just, he doesn't have it. He doesn't, he doesn't, she's knocking it out. I, I, right or now. maybe it's just that like compared to her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's so much going on face she's, right now. Yeah. She's really doing a lot and, and he's, he's staring. Well, okay. Let me play it. Okay. Let me go on the defensive A train right now. <laughs> um, and let's look at it from the other point of view, right? It's easy to write based around her perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's difficult to write realistically based around the other person's perspective because we're following this person as a movie. So we care about when she's freaking out, when she, yeah. she needs to freak out enough for, so we feel like she's losing it and all of that kind of stuff. And she's doing a great job of that. And they're writing based around her. It's incredibly difficult to make somebody else in this situation react how we would feel you would react because we haven't got enough time because he'd be freaking out as much as she is right now but it'd be for different reasons, but we can't spend too much time worrying about that because we need to progress her story. Mm -hmm. This statement right here is not necessarily true. It being fully genetic. <laughs> yeah. I was going to actually ask, uh, is that like a study? Is that like an actual thing? Yeah. It's so black and white like that. 
No. Yeah, because trauma necessarily is unique. Your parents could have like a perfectly normal life and then something really bad happens to you and then you develop uh, like long-term trauma and, and like a mental um, problem with it, mm-hmm. right? mental different whatever. Um, so yeah, it can't, it doesn't necessarily always have to be like, my dad was like a crippling alcoholic who beat me or whatever. Now I'm going to do the same to my kid. Yeah, I mean, it really kind of, delves into the nature versus nurture and both, yeah. both play equal, not equal parts. I don't, I can't say, but like both have an effect. But yeah, it's a big, you know what I mean though about that? Like it's difficult to write him being believable because we haven't got time to, we haven't got time to this focus to, on his, his yeah. side. Yeah. He's either playing, serving as a character or serving as a vehicle to make, to continue her character mm-hmm. development. Because otherwise it's just yeah. easier for him to be yeah. kind of uncaring and, because given that situation, he would need therapy after that too. <laughs> and we haven't got time for it. Yeah. I have a feeling he doesn't support therapy or think that he, he needs therapy. He yeah, seems I can like see the kind of person of like, uh, let's just not talk about it. If it's bothering us, we can get through it. Um, image is important. He just doesn't seem like a real human being. Cause like, what does he do? Like looking at him, the house is untouched. Like, is he playing Call of Duty before he goes to bed? What does he do? You know what I mean? Yeah, where is he? He just seems like he has no personality whatsoever. (laughs) What if he's not even real? Oh. (laughs) Okay, so the detective part of this movie. Um, She's kind of going Batman now. Is that where it it starts to drag for you? No, not not too much. I like it. Um, Yeah. I just think that once the cat is out of the bag with this and then she starts to do the detective and, thing. In the box. It's like, I've seen The Ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen It Follows, both of which are better movies than this. Um, but I think at this point in the movie, that's why I'm like, okay, like I knew it was going to end up doing this mm-hmm. because this is what these movies do. But I think by the time I get to this, I'm kind of like, I'm so familiar with all of this that it becomes less interesting than the initial setup and, and the initial pull of it was because it feels a little off kilter at the beginning. And now I feel like it's starting to become more and more increasingly generic as the movie yeah. goes on. Mm-hmm. What would you prefer? Like her just not to be able to figure out any information about what the hell this is? I mean, I don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't know. I don't know a way to do that keeps it like fresh and exciting throughout. Yeah. Um, but I feel like now it starts to feel like horror movie by the numbers a little bit. I guess he's sleeping on the couch. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I think um, they showed him briefly. Um, He's even sleeping in a boring way. (laughs) He's not even doing anything fun when he's sleeping. This scene's pretty good, I think. Oh yeah, when she goes to... So she's doing some digging. To visit Carla from Scrubs. And I like how... Is that who it is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny. I like how she's just kind of showing up in these different scenes and it's not showing the transition of how she got there. Mm -hmm. Very much like she's just kind of blacking out in certain parts. Yeah. Pretty good jump scare in this part too. Yep. Is. And also, I really love her cardigan. It looks very comfortable. Also, that picture is very stock. More of, pink. Of those two together. More pink, yep. The one with the Christmas sweater on? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Like, all of the pictures that she has of her and her husband are all taken within, like, two weeks of them filming this because <laughs> they were together, so they made the pictures. You know what I mean? There's like none of where they look younger. And I'm saying that right because right now, Chris, you have a wonderful picture of your parents up yeah. in like, I'm guessing, was that from their marriage? Yes. Uh, the wedding. wedding? Yeah. 
um, which is super cool and, you know, vintage and like very, very awesome. But when you see that, it's like, everything's like, okay, we've got the digital camera out. We've got to take some pictures, make it look like you're in love. Yeah. There's no passage of time. Yeah. It's just all one, one, probably one day. And so her husband was the college professor that killed himself in front of the girl that killed herself yes. in front of Rose. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good practical effects there. Yeah. That is a, that's like a straight up rip off of the ring though. Yeah. yeah. That they literally do that exact. You can see the previous films that inspired this movie. Oh yeah. Not that I, yeah, I don't have an, an issue with that by the way. Yeah, the uh, oh no, things. I don't. And, yeah. and with horror movies, like I, one of my favorite horror movies is yes, Barbarian. And that has like yeah. so many other horror movies written all over is it. Horror, is horror maybe like the most self-referential yeah. genre? I, I, I think, think so. Well, Maybe it's the one that we see the references more because we see more horror movies. Yeah. I'm sure there's like a ton of references in other forms of cinema, but we're not versed enough uh, to yeah. pull those references. Like, you know, we were talking about Gaspar Noe earlier mm-hmm. on. I bet you, because he's very, very pretentious and very smart, he's referencing <laughs> a ton of movies that are from like 1920, though. You know what I mean? Or like uh, or obscure right, yeah. French cinema, obscure like... That we would never get, most people would never get, but it's easy when it's a horror movie and you're like, oh, this is like Sam Raimi or this is like Evil Dead or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? I really like all of the, the like drawings they show of people that have like seen this or like, I guess it's just this guy in this part, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. Yeah, I like that too. I, th- I thought it was really, really well done. That, that is cool. Is that should be the poster. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's somebody's job to do this for Just movies. To make this for movies, yeah. Yeah, isn't that cool? I think it's super cool. That is really cool. There's Harry Potter, evil Harry Potter. <laughs> yep. Also problematic slightly when in movies that and they show drawings of people who are dealing with mental illness. Mm-hmm. They're usually comically evil looking, the drawings where always it's like dark. Yeah, yeah. Always black scribbles, like childlike mm-hmm. aggressive scribbles, which clearly isn't true. Cause if you think about like Vincent van Gogh and somebody was dealing with significant issues yeah. in the way he drew, with you know what I mean? So beautiful colors and contrasting imagery. You could be crazy and, and not use a black pen for everything. <laughs> I've got to stop saying crazy. I'm not doing it because I'm, it's, You're used to saying it. I know, right. exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So apologies. I'm not using it like I would at something. I don't mean as like a slur or anything like that. I think there's, if there's one thing to take home for anybody that's listening and for us is that mental illness and suffering, human suffering has no specific look to it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And there's no specific terminology that can capture of human beings lived experience. I mean, some people like have walls to protect themselves mm-hmm. from other people to be able mm-hmm. to read how they feel. The smile, so to speak. Some people put on a smile. Yeah. She's doing a good job here though. I think this is where she could really over egg this. Mm-hmm. It could go too far. Yeah, I never feel like she's like overacting. I feel like she's just doing exactly what she needs to be. What would you do? And uh, this is why I like watching, doing a watch along because this is the kind of, this is the kind of thing you'd ask your buddies if you're watching a movie anyway. 
What would you do in her situation right now? I would tell everyone. I'd be. Well, she's tried. And I would probably, a lot of people, I feel like people would support me for sure, but I don't know if people would fully understand it. And because nobody would, yeah, well, she's not really, because I don't even understand. She's not really asking anyone to understand. She's just asking people to like listen to her and accept what she's saying is truth. Mm -hmm. When, which so far, her therapist and her fiance, yeah, yeah, have not um, exactly. Um, I think I would go the detective route and try to figure it out and how to solve it. I think I would be a drooling. I think I would have completely broken with reality at this point because I think like that is so traumatic. I don't really know that. I think I would be not functioning or I'd probably be at the point where I was like, I might have to kill myself because I can't stop this happening. And this is her. I mean, yeah, this is really, really horrendous. Yeah. I don't think I would be resilient enough to be like, okay, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Especially when it starts like happening to you. Also, I love how she mentions his couch when he's got a new couch from an upgrade from his old couch, which I think is such a weird thing that she brings up. Did she already say it? Yeah, because he must have had, she obviously, I don't know if she used to live in this apartment with him when they were together or when he's moved out into this apartment, he took the couch and it was his old college couch. Mm -hmm. And then he's upgraded to this really fancy leather couch, um, which I also don't see him owning. (laughs) And then I don't know if you noticed too in the background when he's standing next to the counter, he has two types of hand soap and then he has a Mrs. Myers lavender scented hand soap. And I know this because of my line of work. He has a lavender Mrs. Myers scented hand soap that in a million years, I do not see him owning unless <laughs> it was a girlfriend who brought it on and not to gender him or mm-hmm. anything, but unless somebody or his mother gave it to him, but it's just, so, it, it doesn't feel like he lives in this apartment either. Could also be left over from when they were together and maybe- Maybe she bought all the soap and and, a, and he's had that he's it. had that one ball of hand soap for like six <laughs> years, which most guys probably would. <laughs> and he just refills it. Yeah, he doesn't wash his hands. He just wipes them on the leather couch. His apartment's like crazy nice for a cop, right? Yeah. I know. And then the, the Italian movie poster, vintage movie poster yeah. that he has in the back. A lot of depth to this character. I see him having like a Patriots poster on his wall. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. It's just being judgmental. We don't even know the guy. I know. I don't. I yeah. I I don't buy this apartment one bit. He does not. I don't buy this this part of him sharing evidence with her. Well, yeah, totally. Although this, I mean, he clearly has a soft spot for her. True. Well, yeah. True. He's clearly never got over the relationship. But this is a fun part though, where they start to bring up the security camera footage of mm-hmm. the, other, the other murders, which are the instances of the smile, which I think is pretty fun. Yeah. I wish we had like seen more of it or, or I don't know, like, um, I guess that that is one of my gripes with this, not gripe. I don't really, I like this movie, but, um, I feel like there could have been way more creepy smiling in a movie called Smile than there actually is. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that too. I wish that we had just seen her going about her day to day and just seeing more of, of the smile presenting itself as people she knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, really driving home that unsettling, like what is actually happening versus what is in her mind that feels real. 
I feel I feel like there could have been I don't know I it maybe it doesn't fit like the style like the visual style of this movie but I, I feel like a like sort of I don't know montage sequence while they're like looking at these would have been more effective than just I, I guess it it's makes more sense music. to for him to just watch no not <laughs> <laughs> but then but I don't I mean just like him reading the reports over like images of this stuff happening which I guess is kind of what we get but uh, I don't know it's just so literal and watching it like yeah. an evidence on his computer and it also seems like God, weirdly that high one definition was so for, gnarly. A, for a gas station camera yeah, yeah. like are they really that good also yes yeah, super gnarly with like the garden she is yeah slicing his face off I assume oof that's horrendous and that poor old lady <laughs> But then we find out what happens to the old lady too. She she ends up um, killing herself too. A good viral marketing campaign that this movie had too. Did you see all of the mm-hmm. people football games just standing there smiling? Yeah. That's pretty clever. It's fun. I love some good guerrilla marketing. Yeah, it was one of the things that probably convinced me to go see it. I like that stuff. They only really do that stuff for horror movies. And I, and I also really like the horror movie trailers that they have where it shows you audience reactions on mm-hmm. the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's like, you won't believe your eyes. And there's always people like freaking Everyone's out. Everyone's <laughs> throwing up in this yeah. movie. Yeah. It's Can so you last? I think that's great. <laughs> they should have done that for Triangle of Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I should imagine a lot of people walked out of Triangle of Sadness. Why? Well, you've seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Well, you've seen it too, Daniel? No. That's, uh, that's one of the ones I, I haven't gotten to. Come about the, sh- the ship scene? Yes. Oh. I love that scene. No, I know, but that's a big thing for some people. Some oh, people yeah, can't watch v- that kind of vomit. stuff. Vomit, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's all, we're not going to say anything else about it. Yeah, we won't say anything. Oh, I know a fair bit. I know that it's, it's implied in the trailer. Sort of. I'll just say that what's implied, it triples, quadruples, it goes down on, like, it really goes for it. Yeah. In a way that's super fun. Again, yeah, so the, professionally wise, she would not be in her house like this making house calls. I can tell you I haven't made house calls. Well, I don't think he's allowed to speak for her on her behalf with her therapist. He's not. There's something what's called a release of information. Yeah. That needs to be signed by the client. And again, same facial expression. But yeah, that makes sense because there's no way you would be like, yeah. just ethically, this is yeah. this, this is not good. Yeah, you wouldn't like surprise a patient in their own home. Right? <laughs> surprise! No. It's like an adventure. especially one, especially when like their fiance has come to you saying that. Well, in his words, you're acting unhinged. Probably yeah. not. The- and especially because she's the one getting billed. Roll this. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, you do, do you realize I'm not paying you to come show up at my house unannounced? Like, I'm not going to pay for this session. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and she looks expensive. Uh, she, yeah, she does. since I haven't seen the ending of the movie, mm-hmm. we're, starting to, we're starting to creep up onto where I've seen, up until where I've seen up to. Um, is the boyfriend, does he make more, 
does he have any involvement in the in the last the like the conclusion the finale of the movie do you want to know I guess what I'm asking is, okay, because I'm kind of curious to see if he gets the (laughs) smile treatment or like he gets the smile or he's involved in one of the kills because I want to see him do something. I need, I need to have him redeemed somehow. The fiance? Mm -hmm. A-Train? A-Train, yeah. (laughs) No, he just kind of disappears. Oh, he does? Yeah. Yeah, we should look up his name. What's the (laughs) actor's name? Well, I think I might have him actually like... On the page. Or maybe not. We've kind of talked a lot of shit about him. Jesse T. Usher. Um, who, his character's name is Trevor. The uh, psychiatrist or, or the doctor is Dr. Madeline Northcott, who is not played by Anna Chomsky from My Girl. But um, yeah, Jesse T. Usher. I'm going to bring him up. I'm going to see what else he's, he's done. So credits. He's a... Uh... Boys, Tales, Tales of the Walking Dead TV series. He plays a character for one episode. Um, Tales of the Walking Dead. I think it's like a spinoff of the Walking Dead. Oh. I think there's like multiple spinoffs because there's isn't a Fear of the Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, Fear of the Walking Dead. That's there's unfortunate. one called Tales of the Walking Dead. God, the Walking People Dead. People still really like that show. That yeah, is that stuff? The Walking Dead finished. Oh, thank God. Last week, was it like 14 seasons or something? I don't know. Finished for me after season two. I stopped after season seven when, when they just disrespected me as a, as a viewer. Talking about Glenn. Yeah. Yeah, everyone quit when they'd, they'd been disrespecting you guys in season two, though. Season I mean, two is the most insulting season of well, television. Whenever Frank I've ever watched. left is when the whole show went down. Yeah. It was after I watched season the one. first season and, and then season one was, was like, incredible. So yeah, season one was great. When I started season two, I was like, I know exactly what this is uh-huh. and I want no part of this. If you've ever read the, um, I almost said the manga, if you've ever read the graphic <laughs> novel, it's really good. And the show had so much potential. Yeah, the guy who actually wrote the graphic novel, he's from Appleton in Wisconsin, I believe in. My ex, I think her auntie or her, I think it was her auntie was his teacher school. That's super random. I know it's not even (laughs) that interesting. I think that's cool. But a connection to the guy who wrote Robert Kirkman, right? That's his name? Is that his name? All right. Yeah. Yeah, Um, So he's been in like, like some Hallmark Christmas movies, like Almost Christmas or whatever. I feel like he would do really good in those movies. He was in Shaft. He was in the 2019 movie Shaft. I forgot about that I movie. I forgot that movie existed too. <laughs> but he's been in, I mean, not, he's been in, he was in the Mac- reboot of the MacGyver TV show. I didn't know they made that. I didn't either. know that was a thing. One episode of Robot Checking as a voice. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, not a, he's not a movie star. No. That's what we're trying to say. And I think we should leave him alone now because I think we've been a bit harsh. Yeah, what if he listens to this? Yeah, and what the hell do we know about acting? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to act. No. He's a better actor than I am, I'll say that. 100%. And he's way better looking than I am too. Yeah, so very handsome. So he has that going for him. All right, here we go. Maybe the fact that we don't like his character that much means that he's doing his, he, his he job. He did a good job. Well, yeah. There's that way to look at it. Yeah, so here we go. Like you said, Daniel, this is the infamous trailer scene. It looks worse in the movie than it did in the trailer. Decked in pink. <laughs> looks so goofy. It does. Yeah. I feel the like shot I, always 
it bothers you? Not bother me. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much to say because you haven't seen the end. But oh, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, th- I, it seemed to imply that something was going to happen with the kid, and nothing ends up happening. Well, that's smile too. I don't want a sequel. To this. Oh, dude, there's going to be like six sequels to this. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't need. To, I like the way. I. I think the way it ends is great, and I don't think there needs. No, to it, be. it doesn't need a sequel. Yeah, it's not uh, everything. It's getting them though. This is a sick diner. It's a sick diner, isn't it? This is a really cool location. Yeah. Wherever they, uh... I, yeah, I don't know where this was filmed. My guess is probably like Canada. Where is it set? Do we know? Mm, I, don't I don't even know, know that. It's kind of like generic Midwest American yeah. city. But yeah, the diner is beautiful. She obviously picked up a delicious burger from the diner. Which is making me hungry. Yeah. Okay. Smile was filmed in Jersey City and North Arlington, but it is set in uh, San Francisco, California. Oh, it looks oh. nothing like San Francisco. What? Not that I've ever been there, but it does. That's look weird. Like it. Yeah, no. Okay, but we're starting to get to the point now where. We're right up to what I've seen too. Um, I think after this scene, she goes to the um, hospital, like the the prison hospital. To oh yeah, the, to the one guy. To the one guy, which then we start to pull in those Final Destination type references, which this movie has a lot of Final Destination. Uh, even her going to the cabin to lock herself into the, I keep saying cabin. It's only because of the <laughs> hilariously dilapidated state that her parents' house is in. It's definitely but, a cabin. But, um, that's all final destination, you know, locking herself in that place. I'm going to face it out by myself here. So nobody else gets involved. I'm going to make it come to me. I apologize. It's not set in San Francisco. That's about a book called smile. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I think this is set in Jersey city. Cause it looks very much like that. Yes. That makes sense. <laughs> this, yeah. Yeah. I was like, this doesn't look like San Francisco at all. Oh yeah, we're getting towards the end. I mean, to put yourself in his shoes too. This is difficult. And it also makes me, I don't question his motives because he seems like a good guy. But also this time, I don't think this is a good time. I, not that he's trying to like get back together with her, but you can tell that he still likes her. Yeah. So he's got to be very, very careful how he plays this because she's very vulnerable right yes. now. Like, is he helping her to help her or is there ulterior motives? Yeah. Or is it the policeman in him? Oh yeah, that, too. Uh, oh yeah, he's compelled to solve the case. <laughs> he just doesn't doesn't strike me as somebody who's really like driven. I don't know. I might be wrong. I think I'm a bit. He I'm does have. Yeah, we're <laughs> being really hard on the men in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this guy looks like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like his apartment. <laughs> But he's, you know, he's listening to her. Yeah, yes. And that's what she—that's mm-hmm. what she's really just asking for. Mm-hmm. But also, he's seen the tapes and he knows that something. Yeah. He knows that this isn't what it seems. Mm-hmm. Like it's curious. Mm-hmm. He's at least I think he's. He obviously, I don't think he believes everything that she's saying, but I think he's he's seen enough to be like, okay, well, this is off. 
something's going on. Seven days, you know, the ring right there. Oh, is that yeah, seven days? Well, yeah, no one yeah. survived longer than a week. I'm curious though, because, well, and we'll see as we get to it, if the confrontation happens in, in the house and she's alone and she confronts the, I'm kind of curious to see how, if it stops then, if that theoretically, if she can stop it in its tracks, so then this doesn't pass on anymore. I'm not going to tell you what happens. Mm -hmm. And I think Daniel won't either, right? I, I, I won't know. I want to see your genuine reaction. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, you're making it sound interesting then. Yeah. Like it's actually an interesting ending. I think so. Oh, okay, cool. I, yeah, I like the way it ended. Um, and we'll, don't worry, listen, we'll keep talking. Even though I'm going to be like watching it, I'm going to keep talking. Because um, otherwise we'll just go silent for the last 15 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't, oh God, who, who drew that? <laughs> so creepy. What, what was it? The, like it said, no talking in the oh, lobby, yeah. but the, the O in lobby, someone drew like a fucking creepy ass like smile. Oh, yeah. nice. There's a lot of things happening in the background of this movie. I think this is where they keep the Joker, isn't it? In the Batman. <laughs> Took a ride down the Arkham. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is a, a, a Barry Keoghan's uh, cameo. Yeah. I mean, it looks very similar. More pink. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I guess a pink. Yeah, orange. there's definitely like pinky summony kind Who of Who is tones. this guy? What else has he been in? I recognize this guy. Uh, he's been in... Um, a lot of stuff. He's like kind of a character actor. Did you ever see, or we watched it together the last uh, black man in San Francisco. Oh yeah. yeah. He's, he's the guy's dad. That's right. He's the main That's character's dad. Yeah. That movie. That movie is fun. Great movie it's by the great. way. It's probably yeah, my favorite seen it, movie of that year. Check it out. So good. And it, uh, yeah, that movie rules because of it. Now we have Jonathan majors in like Does he was five there? major movies a year now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's at least that guy's like going to have a big year. Three trailers for him just, before Avatar. Yeah, Creed, Ant-Man. Um, Ant-Man. Uh, I mean, usually alone. Devotion plays as well. Oh yeah, that's came and gone though in the theater. Oh, the movie already came yeah. out? Yeah. It's came and went, yeah. Mm, I wonder how it was. Um, I've heard pretty all right things. It's also, it's got that guy from, the asshole from uh, Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah, Glenn Powell. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's him and, uh, and, and Jonathan Major. Kind of weird how he had that massive breakout hit in, Top Gun, mm -hmm. and then it's the follow movie that you get to see him in is another aerial dogfighting movie. Type it's kind of weird. Already. Yeah, I know. He's like the plane dude now. Oh, he can't be in any other kind of movie. Posted in the Discord the other day, I think I can't think it was Zach that posted that uh, Superman was being recast. I think. Oh, it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he could be an all right. I don't know if Jonathan we've seen Major. enough of him. No, not Jonathan Majors. No. Um, oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, he could do too, but, um, <laughs> tried to say that. <laughs> but no, I think Absolutely. like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to talk my way out of this one. <laughs> well, you know who my choice was? We, Mike, we talked Michael about B. Michael B. Jordan for Superman. Yeah. I think it'd be a great Superman. How tall know. is Superman though? That's, that's Michael B. Jordan's pretty tall, isn't he? I just don't, he doesn't have any charisma. You don't think Michael B. Jordan has charisma? I think he's drenched in it. He's so great. No, like, there's something about him that's Kill, just like Killmonger? so. He's amazing as Killmonger. Yeah, yeah. but I, okay, I agree. He's really good as Killmonger, but I don't think he brings any of that energy to any other role. Does he's he ever have played. more charisma than Henry Cavill? Yes. I mean, Henry Cavill's. I uh, mean, I mean uh, Henry. Uh, Henry I don't Cavill's know. a terrible Superman. I'm going yeah, out and saying that right now. 
I don't, guy. I don't care enough about Superman no. either way to, to really, I love Superman. Um, so. to care. Uh, I don't think he was that bad. He was no Brandon Ruth. I think Brandon Ruth is actually a really good. Superman. He was that movie's actually like that movie's well, because of Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah. No, but he can still make a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? The Cosby show is still funny. <laughs> I'll be honest. They don't, I don't think they've ever nailed casting. Super, uh, oh yeah. They have Superman. Christopher Reeve. Um, sorry. Yeah. They nailed it first time around. Yeah, Christopher, yes. Be after that. Well, I think what's difficult is, and this just might be for me because I'm, I, as a kid, I've seen Superman 1 and 2 probably like a hundred times each. I play them out on VHS when I was, I love the, I almost know them word for word, those first two movies. Well, even the third one, I've seen the third one a lot of times too. But for me, that will always be Superman. And for me, that version of Superman, that take, like I want to see Superman filmed in New York, which is playing as Metropolis or wherever it was in the 70, late seventies, early eighties. Like for me, that's how Superman looks and that's how Superman's cast. And I think he is, Christopher Reeve has that like presence of like kindness and softness and, and stature, which I think for me is that. So that version of Superman, I don't, I didn't read the comic book, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, so it's tricky because obviously some, somebody might turn around and say, well, actually an issue, you know what I mean? I don't know, but that's my version of Superman. That's why I like Brandon Ruth so much. And that's why I like that version, that movie mm -hmm. so much because that movie is lifting, not only is it lifting music, it feels tonally very similar to those movies. What about Tom Wellington? I didn't watch Smallville. I liked Smallville. What was that? Lewis and Never Clark, what was that other one? Oh, um, uh, Dean. Dean Kane. Dean Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I, and I think that's why I think Man of Steel's trash. Because it's just Snyder. Yeah. Visually, it was nice. I like how they go off world. I yeah, think that was really that was cool, cool when they're in Krypton. I, I, I like cool. the, the, the fight sequences. Mm -hmm. And I like the casting of Kevin Costner. That's, yeah, it was great. That's uh, good casting. Uh, so back to this scene, though, in Smile. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who you'll cast, who you would cast, though, for Superman. Oh, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I think Glenn Powell could do a good oh, job. Yeah. Um, before I like tripped myself Actually, up by that, saying Jonathan Majors. That's a good choice. For him, just want to be clear. I think Jonathan Majors would be a very good Superman. I don't think he's handsome enough though. Oh, Jonathan Majors. No, oh. uh, Glenn Powell. Oh, oh, so let's keep Jonathan Majors out of this conversation. Yeah. We're not talking about him. He, I mean, I don't, I think if you cast Superman, I think Superman needs to be big and handsome. You don't think Glenn, I think Glenn Powell's handsome, but I um, think he's big enough. Yeah, he's probably not big enough, but they, they can just, I, I mean, they made Kumail he's, Nanjiani he's ripped, too, so he? Superman? No. Oh, it's, 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 it's like it's brown. brown? Yeah. No, he he he's got dark hair. He's got to have dark hair. If Channing Tatum was a better actor, I think he'd be a great Superman. Channing Tatum's a good actor. A better one though. Um, he's a good dancer too. Um, <laughs> and have you seen the new trailer for Magic Mike? No, but we're going to go see it, right? Oh, I'm definitely going to go and see it. Yeah, I love Magic Mike. Um, the new trailer is really bad. It is really good at the same time. And it's Soderbergh, so there's no way it's not going to be a good movie. But I'm going to watch the first two in the next couple of weeks. I've never the seen third them. trailer is wild. It is so goofy. Okay, guys, sorry. Sidetracked. That's the beauty of a freeform podcast, though. So back to Smile. What is, I forget what's happening right now. She is... Pulling out a knife. 
Is she contemplating suicide? I think she's contemplating some kind of self-harm, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's right, because she just met with a dude and found out she has to either kill someone. Mm-hmm. The way he broke the cycle was by <laughs> killing someone horribly in front of someone else and making yeah, them watch. Like it follows, you know, to break the cycle, you have to have sex with somebody else. It follows is so good. It by the way, fantastic. Mentioned shout out to it follows. Who directed that? Um, the guy did um, under the silver lake. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, that movie is awesome. Yeah, that movie is amazing. Lake, yeah. yeah, I know. Have you seen that? Uh, give it another shot. It's so good. Hold my attention. It rules. David Robert Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I think his career is over now after that. Which is oh, really? a real That's bummer. A bummer. It's a real bummer. Because I think that I think that movie is fire. Just, he ended it, or something happened. Well, I th- it, that movie is for some reason people act like it's like Hudson Hawk or, or like uh, Ishtar. People act like he had the golden ticket after mm-hmm. it follows, and then he lost his full mind. I argue that he made a really good, really interesting second movie, and it's really ambitious. You know what else it's yeah. like? The guy that made Donnie Darko, and then he followed it up with um, his follow up to Donnie Darko that totally tanked with Justin Timberlake. And The Rock and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, I don't even know what uh, you're talking about. Yeah, what? Oh, wow, you guys. Okay, so Justin we all know Donnie Darko, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Donnie Darko, oh, a bit of a Nick Follows type situation. Southland cult, Tales? Yeah. Yeah. Cult classic. Oh my God. And then he <laughs> makes a cult classic that everybody loves. And then yeah. he goes off and, and makes a ridiculously ambitious, crazy ass second movie, Southland Tales. Um, what's his face from It Follows did it when he made Under the Silver Lake. Yeah. And then everybody just was basically like, now nah, you're done. Which wow. I think is really unfair. I'll do this one really because can't top it. Really good. Well, Garfield's so good in that. Yeah. Yeah. I love this part in this scene where she starts to step, like the therapist steps over the couch and you can feel the weight of her like walking, like you can hear it. Very much like it follows. Mm, my face that too. That giant creature like enters that room. That is not a smile. That's a grimace. Yeah. It looks like a McDonald's toy. It'd be really funny too if she was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, this is just how I smile. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not actually changing. That doesn't look like a smile though. That just looks malicious. It's unsettling. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 like right here, just, you can, with the sound on, you can just hear how heavy this entity is or whatever it is. Oh. I like the sarcasm to the smile. Like it's, they must have had a, like spoke to them about, it's like, we want you to smile, but we don't want it to make it look like you're happy. <laughs> we want you to smile like you're menacing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Another really good scene. The best stabbing scene of the year. This just reminds me of me sitting on my break at work. <laughs> broken, staring down at a knife. Oh my goodness. I'm joking. God, that I'm really joking about that. Nobody needs to put any warnings out. I'm joking. But her demeanor is familiar to me at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Carl, man. He doesn't deserve any of this. Her body language. What's about to happen? Oh, oh, well, in her body language too, how she's withdrawn into herself. She's wrapping herself in her clothes. She's like shrinking, Mm -hmm. you know, her body language. Her clothes, the colors of her clothes have changed. Mm Mm-hmm. Very much like a reversal of Garden State. 
with Zach Braff's character. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. We'll talk about that trailer at some point too. Have you seen his new, the new trailer for his new movie? Mm-mm. Florence Pugh? No. Does not look good. Oh, that one. Yeah, we that trailer played before Avatar. I think we watched it here the other day. We did watch it here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I do need to watch that 65 trailer. The one you were talking about. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to talk okay, about that. Let's talk about that. Let's watch oh, that. Man. Honestly, we should do it while recording. Yeah, we will. Screw it. Well, I can't hear the sound though if we do that way. You don't need it. Oh, okay. well, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the sound's important. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. We'll we can take a break, episode. watch it, and then talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we are probably going to talk about Avatar at some point. Too. Yeah. Um, Meaning, call. you mean the movie Ava starring... Uh, Avatar? Ava. Oh, what, who is that? I can't remember. Jennifer... Um, Garner? No. Actually, her name's not Jennifer. I can't remember her name now. Um, she was in... Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, I feel oh, I feel for Carl um, right here. Just that 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 fear, that panic, that terror. I know exa- I know the person you're talking about. Um, I don't know why what's I her can't name? Think of her name, Jennifer Chast- Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. The movie Ava starring Ava starring Jessica Chastain, and then Tar starring Kate Blanchett. <laughs> it's, it's a combo, Ava. Ava Tar. <laughs> oh wow. Oh. oh. Looks really fake. I'm gonna. I hate to be the guy that says that, but that doesn't look very convincing to me. It looks very CGI. It is CGI. Yeah, it is. Use a real, use a real squib. That's a real knife, but just it's it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> like no, it's pretty goofy. <laughs> I love this part right here. And he though. pulls his face off. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I get, I get it's cheaper and more convenient to do CGI, but like it'd be really cool if that had done that practically, mm-hmm. yeah. like found a really good, sp- um, but you I guess it gets an harder and harder to do that as time goes on. Probably one of those things too, where you get like one shot at it. Like if Cal Penn doesn't tear his face, right? Like it's a whole, the whole day gone. Is this where you got to, Scott, or a little bit past this? Um, I, literally, I'm up to when she drives to the car, but okay. to the house. Which I think is what happens right after this. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Because she actually says to him, yeah, I think it's like, I'm going to go and end this. Oh. oh, no, she's on the phone to her ex-boyfriend, the cop. She's like, I, I've got to, I know how to end it. And he's like, what are you doing? Crazy. Yeah, I think she's making the, the realization now of, of what she needs to do. Also, that's a pretty fancy knife. Um, with like the beveled <laughs> steel. Yeah, this is totally like an abandoned building that they. Yeah, totally. It looks like it could have been know. a mall at one point. Yeah. The drone shot. Big fan of a drone shot. I do like a drone shot. That's been that specific kind of shot has been like a big thing in like horror in the last like five mm-hmm. years. I feel like I think going even from like even like Midsummer, Midsommar, yeah. So yeah, because I remember that there's one in the- I think so. Yep, yep. When they're heading out to upstate. the parent upstate, yeah, to the parent. Actually, Get Out's a really good movie. I need to rewatch that. Um, 
It's fun. That's why I like talking about movies sometimes too when we do this because movies will pop in my head and I'll be like, oh, I really want to rewatch that, you know? Yeah, I really need to rewatch that one. I would like to watch Us again, nope. actually. I rewatched that after seeing Nope. Oh, you did? I, I liked it a, a lot more. I'd only seen it once though. Oh, yeah. Um, when it was in theaters. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Us. I think it's really good. But yeah, there were like upside down drone shot too. That's very Midsommar. Really pretty too, and very disorienting. I love, I love seeing that. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I like how much color is in this movie, and mm-hmm. how it's not just like, uh, like brown gray blob. And they got lucky with the period of the yeah that they did this too, where you got all the leaves changing mm-hmm. colors. It's pretty. It really makes Jersey look beautiful. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Just kidding. I've never been to Jersey. I'm sure it's not that beautiful. No offense to anybody that's listening in Jersey. They can't even pump their own gas there. Really? Oh, you can't? No, you can't. Yeah. 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 Somebody like, has to yeah. pump your gas for you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's What's weird. that all about? I don't know. Oh yeah, here's the shack. Cabin. The cabin in the woods. Family home. I audibly laughed when I saw this for the first time. And I think this is about the time I checked out the movie theater too, because it was like, that looks so stupid. How is this your second time watching or like actually watching it now? Do you want me to be really honest? Yes. I really don't like this movie. <laughs> I think it starts pretty interesting and I kind of like what they're doing in the beginning. And then it like, this is just so generic and bland to me right now. Mm-hmm. I think it does some things well. And I think it also suffers from, yeah, just being kind of generic. I think the movie's highly overrated. Um, but I'm also aware of the fact that it just mightn't click for me. I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I definitely mm-hmm. don't. And you can't objectively say that about anything anyway. Um, I just... I think it started off strong with a really cool it sta- concept. It starts really strong. And it could have been something else. I'm like checked out. I'm checked out on this viewing of it by now with it too. When I'm watching it, I'm kind of like, oh, well, whatever. It's just like my first apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this movie can lose like 15, 20 minutes probably. Yeah, a little too long. I don't know where I would say that you take that from, but it is like, this doesn't need to be almost two hours. No, yeah, it's pretty long. An hour and 30, I think it could have been a lot more effective and tighter. Oh, this movie, an hour and 30, and you get rid of like the detective stuff and you get rid of like the, the more formulaic stuff, yeah. this movie would sing. You know those movies that just like, they're just, an hour and a half movies. Mm-hmm. There's PG 13 horror movies that are just an hour and a half. Yeah. This is what this feels like and it, what it could be. Should yeah. be. Yeah. You see, for me, she go, she goes back to her parents' house or the, the her childhood home, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like a stereotypical horror, scary, dilapidated mm-hmm. building. In some, it's been up, it's been upkept, and she goes in, and there's just like plastic top on everything, and everything's still there. That to me is more creepy. If it's like a time capsule, and nobody's done anything, and there's a yeah. little bit of dust there, like other than it being comically in ruins like this, that to me is more scary. That to me, I think, is more visually interesting. That's awful. It would be awful for a kid to have to go through that. Yeah. Awful for the mother too. Mm-hmm. Nobody's winning in that situation. And as a kid, it, 
seems like she was just doing what she felt like she needed to do, just reacting, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd be scared. Scared and maybe even there's some resentment there. We noticed the pink and blue on her uh, sweatshirt too. She's wearing both pink and blue. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, she is. As a child. I'm curious to why the bed's still there, but none of the other furniture's there. <laughs> why is just the bed there? What happened to the couch from the living room or the dining room table or the chest of drawers, but we still have the bed that she died in? Huh? Come on. Maybe she didn't want to move it. I mean, she was a kid. Yeah. So. Yeah, but whoever moved all that furniture. Oh, yeah, whoever moved, moved it all. all. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like. This is why I do want like a Bob a Barbarian crossover where she's like, okay, let's stop measuring the rooms out. This is what I, what I um, oh God, Barbarian's so probably good. Probably my favorite scene in that Barbarian's movie. Barbarian's so good. Um, yeah, that is such a great scene. Yep, conveniently left some flammables around and a flashlight. It's like Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Always make sure the batteries in your flashlight are ready. Yeah, check your inventory. A lantern, kerosene. So I guess her plan is to just uh, wait it out Mm -hmm. and never talk to anybody ever again. Mm -hmm. Live in this house with no food, no furniture. Pretty soon this is pretty much how I've got to be living, so I'm in no position to judge her. Um, But yeah, like that's pretty grim. It's like those memes. Have you seen those memes where it's like the single guy memes where he's just got like a PlayStation on the floor yeah, and like a like TV, a, but like nothing else. <laughs> like a fold out chair. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Minimalist, you know? I love that. Do you guys ever watch on YouTube uh, those people who have channels where they explore abandoned buildings? Yes, I have before, yeah. Yeah, they're fun. I really like those. I could not, be, I could not do that, I don't think. I like the lighting in this scene. Get oh, too you, creeped out. You get too creeped out? Oh, I think I would. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm a, I mean, like, I think I've talked about it a little bit before, but I'm a big, like, scaredy cat when it comes to horror stuff. So, like, the idea of creeping through an abandoned building terrifies me. Really? I would, I would yeah. do it with a friend, not by myself. Yeah, I would never do it oh, myself. Yeah. Maybe with, yeah. I could be talked into it like with friends. But It's incredibly dangerous too because if, if a building falls and you fall through a floor by yourself, you're screwed. Oh yeah. If somebody's living there and a lot of these places do have like um, communities of people who live there, you could get yourself in a situation you can't get out of. So like on a practical level, you'd need to be, do it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, they have asbestos in a lot of these buildings, a lot of things unsafe. This is where it leans pretty heavy into the It Follows stuff. Okay. I think at least. Also, I'd be more scared of the cops than the building. Well, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to get arrested for trespassing. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I like the lighting here. I like the way it's a shot. 
and she's approaching back into her mother's bedroom for what I'm guessing is the final confrontation. Okay. I have to keep talking just for the listeners. Yeah. So is this herself she's looking at when she was younger or is this a mother when she was younger? I can't see right now because the hair's down. I think it's... It's her mother. Yeah. And... Like a younger version of a mother. Yeah. Or her mother when she died. I think that was her, what her mother looked like. Really? I think so. And she's just facing the thing she's been running from for her whole life. Facing, yeah, her trauma. Mm-hmm. is really all that can be done. Getting closure. Good casting for the mother because they do look very similar. you let me die That's so now such an unfair thing to say now we're getting the twist now it's why didn't you save me yeah now i'm aware of the fact that this is the entity rather than mm-hmm. you know it feels a little malicious which it can be like that you know personal blame for things outside of someone's control oh yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to a kid too, yeah. like, you know, and to a kid, yeah. Like not, that's not fair to your say. Your mother, especially your mother, if you have a good relationship, even if you don't, your mother's kind of like God when you're a kid, you mm-hmm. know, like the most important being on, on, on earth. Absolutely. So to be traumatized by seeing your mother like that's got to really do a number on you. Literally a person, if it's your biological mother that gave you birth, like gave you life. Yeah. You lived inside of her. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, that is, if, if you, this you, is not real, but your mind makes it real. Yeah. And yeah. you could still have that if you were a young child and you grew up with you. I'm not saying that it's strictly because it's a biological mother. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you attach yourself to, to your parents regardless. Because your mind is so inviting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. That that scene from It Follows where that big man comes through the... Yeah, which is a great scene. I love that scene. Also gives me a little vibes of It, uh, part two. Oh, yeah. Uh Terrible movie. The first one was so good. I know the second one's appalling. Yeah, I still never watched the second one. The second one is garbage. Yeah, that's all all I heard about it and I couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm not saying the entire thing's bad, but the thing that... The, the opening scene is so egregious and so offensive that it's it's really difficult to watch the rest of the movie after that. I don't even remember what happens. It's it's I think I think it's super offensive. Um, it's terrible. Oh, 
makeup. Mm. My mind. I'm going to power through this and defeat the demon with just mind powers alone. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I like how they obviously build a smaller set for that person to, to jump mm-hmm. around in, but I always like um, stuff that they do perspective mm-hmm. with size, like Lord of the Rings, you know? But I'm pretty sure this fire is CGI. Yeah, it's not particularly great. I th- well, I think the, the fire in the background's real, but I yes. think the f- fire on the person CGI. Yeah. So they've mixed it, they've blended. They definitely didn't burn a person. All of this is garbage. <laughs> definitely didn't burn a person. <laughs> they they should have done practical effects. Like I, I mean, the, a practical burning. Yeah. 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 That's real method acting. Self-immolation. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, set me on fire. You know, I'll really convey the pain. Yeah. Is this really how it ends? Maybe. <laughs> there's got to be a twist does there have to always be a twist in a horror movie well hopefully something to make this a bit more interesting aren't you happy that the shitty house is burned down though yeah yeah finally I mean what she's going to make a money off the land not necessarily the building anyway so who cares we would just pull it down anyway Let us know in the comments if you want us to do this live watch, but with Tenet, because we've been talking about it yeah. for a while. If at this point you haven't unsubscribed and left negative feedback, yeah. we want to do it on Tenet. Tenet's yeah. like three hours long. <laughs> I don't know if I could do Tenet. No, man. Daniel, you know you, know you want to. I mean, I want to. I just... That's long, that's, I have. That's a movie that I have not been able to finish. That's kind of like with this with you. Like... Mm-hmm. Every time I've tried to rewatch it since seeing it in theaters, I've not been able to finish it. Oh well, yeah. And in that movie is with friends, we'll support you. Overly dense. Yeah. And full disclosure, first time I saw Tenet, I was really high. <laughs> like really, really high. And I think it works better that way too. But it's also even more indecisive. Like I can't imagine watching it like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't I don't the first I time I watched what Tenet, was I was wishing I was home watching Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. I, did you see it in the theater? Yeah. Oh, you did? I think we I, saw it together, right, Daniel? I think so, yeah. Uh, I would like to have seen it in a big theater. I, I, I would like the opportunity to have done that. I didn't go because that was obviously a low point where like, am I going to die if I go to the movie theater? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was, it was a risk. There was nobody in our theater. What was the first movie you went back to after the pandemic? I believe Akira. Uh, was like a rerun? Like a, a 4K. Oh, for, oh wow. Yeah. That, that's worth it. How about you, Daniel? Um, I think it was, it might've been Spider-Man. No way home. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you went back a little later than, cause I went back pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I think that was the first I was really on the thing I remember. It. I was really going to go back if I could confirm oh. that there was not going to be anybody else in the theater. Or sitting next to like, you. Or, just really strange times. Yeah. Like. No, I went to Suicide Squad. Was, oh, did you? I watched, I watched that at home. I watched it, actually I did both. I watched it at home and in the theater. Suicide Squad. The first one I went back to was Wrath of Man, which was like January, 2021. Oh, yeah. The Guy Ritchie movie. Pretty good movie actually. Um, That was the first one I went back to. And then 
after that, I went a few times and some felt more dicey than others. Okay, hold on. I'm getting sidetracked. They don't want to miss the, the resolution. So she's asking him to stay with her. Yeah, like yeah. stay the night. Does he start laughing when she turns around? He said, and starts I'll stay smiling? with you forever. Oh, yeah. No. The old uh, twist. Really? Yeah. It would have been better if she had a turned around. She's like, okay, I'm just going to go and use some of your lavender hand soap. And then he starts smiling. <laughs> if only we saw it, but she didn't see it. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's better. And that costs nothing to do. Inching towards the door. And we're back at the cabin. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I appreciate that. I figured you would like Yeah, that. I thought you I thought you would. I like that. I knew you were gonna hate the initial fake out ending. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, so this is redeeming it. What is his name? I don't know. Daniel? The, the character's name? No, his name's not Daniel. No. <laughs> um, let's have a look. Shows how much I care about his character. What does he look like? If you had to pick a name from, what name would you give him? I mean, he kind of like looks like a Daniel. A Kevin? He does look like a Daniel. I a think, little though. bit. Or yeah. like a Dan. I don't think he looks like a Kevin. No. <laughs> I, have you ever met anybody called Kevin? Yeah. I don't think I have. I've known plenty of people named Kevin. Really? Oh man. I met somebody the other day called Roger. Did this, this part. part. I oh, love this part. That's kind of fun. I wish we had more of this. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. They do a really good that's fun as shit. It gets better. Also, you can't hear right now, but the music in this part is really good. Yeah, like this whole scene, it just, it just. Really oh, whoa! This is cool. super cool. I know. I know. This is what makes the ending worth it to me. Just letting that got a little bit of Alex Garland going on right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Okay, this is way better. Okay, um, his name is Joel. Of course, his name's Joel. Joel. Just Joel. Played by Kyle Galner. Yeah, he looks like a Joel. He could also be a Kyle. Yeah, or Kyle, yeah. I love the design of the thing at the end. Like once it rips its face off. Mm -hmm. Oh, with the multiple jaws. The, yeah. The multiple uh, like, rows yeah. of teeth. Oh, is what she got over her head, is that gas? Is that the gas lantern? Just a, yeah, the kerosene from the kerosene. garage. And she's, oh, so she's soaked in kerosene. Yep. Oh, come on. Is this really? Oh, there we go. Now he's got it. Yep. yep. Speaking of self-immolation. Mm. Poor Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
So do you think the sequel is going to run with him? I don't. Like, I, doesn't need to do I really don't want there to be. That one. is one hundred. I mean, that's I mean, sure. I, I, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. There's going to be a sequel. To yeah, I'm movie. sure Paramount has wants one, but I really don't. I love this dude. Like, yeah, the reflection. Fucking cool eyes. shot. Cool way to end it. I, I love that it didn't like. That's a better ending. Flip what it away to yeah. her, just like yeah. the image of her. I like that we like it. You see it in his yeah. face, like him reacting mm-hmm. to it, and then the zoom in on his eye. Mm-hmm. Take the beginning of this movie and the end of this movie, and then rework the middle. I like it. Could have been a lot better. Oh yeah, and I like this too. What they do mm-hmm. with the the text here is really cool. I really like that. Um, love the character, the the, the monster design at the end. Yeah, where it pulls the face off and it's got all the multiple jaws. Love really that. Really sick. Mm-hmm. Like I like the like the it crawling inside. Yeah, of, very cool. Yeah. More of that. In, I mean, it ended the way that, but like, if they're going to do a sequel to this, I would like them to see, to do it immediately. So the sequel starts, boom. And he's. Yeah. With, with, with yeah. With him, with Mr. Joel. Personality. Do we get yeah, to meet all yeah. his cop buddies. Do we, do we yeah. think Joel, can Joel carry a whole movie on his own? Uh, no. Or is this one of those where like. Not unless he changes his name to Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think he could. I don't think they would let him. I think, isn't that a thing though? It's very rare that the, you have guys um, running a, a, like main character in a horror movie. Do mm-hmm. you think of many? You know, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I can't think of many. Mm, no, I guess I can't either. No. Well, mm. like in, a, in what world would they even made this movie with Kyle being the main and her being the female cop that flipped it, you know? Not Kyle, J- Joel. We've called this guy like five different yeah, names in the last five minutes. Um, oh, I thought they said Charlie Kirk. How about they did it this way, flip it, Trevor... A train was the main character, and we got to go through this with A train. Oh my god! Better gosh. movie, in my opinion. No, <laughs> I don't think he could handle. Trevor it has to help. I wouldn't watch it. Tre- Trevor has to help. Um, Rose's ex. That if we so get rid good. of the curse. Or, or I just hope he the first person it's he goes a, up a, to a is buddy is, cop. Yeah. yeah to, oh my god! It's totally a buddy cop. Oh yeah. God. It's like Lethal Weapon yeah. Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other guys. Yeah. Totally. I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that'd be wild. I would love that. But uh, I like the ending. The ending saved it a little bit. It's not enough to justify the past 45 minutes of just <laughs> I can vanilla that I just three watched. Three times. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So that, uh, that wraps up Smile. Yeah. And we didn't get as creative as I thought we were going to get. I thought we were going to... We, okay. So if you're listening, I don't know if I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. But we planned to sneak in. Uh, or did you mention at the beginning of the episode? We we planned to, um, what's the word? Trojan horse our review of Avatar <laughs> two into this, um, which didn't happen. So we're gonna have to. Yeah, we just kind of brought up that we that. saw it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to fully Trojan horse this, so <laughs> it was nothing about smile. It's all, it's all about here. Avatar. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, I didn't know that that's what you wanted. We could have had that happen. I thought we were gonna wait till the end and then. No, I kind of wanted us just to stop talking about Smile and just only talk about Avatar, Avatar for the whole thing. <laughs> should have brought it up. I, I would have ran with it. That would have been pretty funny. Anyway, we'll we'll figure that out. I don't know if this will be make it through to the this edit. It'll be in the actual podcast when we post it. So that wraps up Smile. All right. That's it. Were we all left satisfied and smiling? Yep. Or- There's a smile on my face right now. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, kind of expressionless. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Um, and thank you thank you dear listener you can uh, go on whatever you're doing in your apartment right now or your house uh, go and have a good rest of your day do yeah. whatever you're doing thanks for listening and let us know if you like this format because we could do more of this I, I quite enjoyed it I actually really enjoyed it yeah, now whether or not it translates to you guys at home 
Hopefully it does. <laughs> and hopefully you actually synced it because I think that'd be really fun if you yeah. did. We'll see. That would have been even watching the movie. Yeah. That would have been even funnier if you had like gone through all the stuff at the beginning to sync it. And then like 30 minutes in, we had just pivoted to talking entirely about avatar. That was the pun. That's (laughs) what I wanted to do. That's totally what I wanted to do to make it like almost pointless that you would sync it in. And then also that you would just get a bunch of spoilers for avatar too. I have no way. We just just came in with it. That was totally the plot. Oh man. Okay. Anyway, thanks guys. Thanks for listening. See ya. I'm